<laughs> but I think we're live. Hey, Louise. Hi. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm good. Welcome, everybody, to your Kick-Ass Career Weekly Wrap-Up. We are glad you're here joining us from all the corners of the internet. Well, I guess maybe it's not all of them, but well, several. I mean, there's at least four of these corners. And there's two of us, so there's eight. Oh, fancy. Look how fast I did math. <laughs> so, Louise, it looks like you have made it back from the happiest place on earth. Is that correct? I sure did. Um, we uh, flew flew north uh, and arrived home just a few days ago. And uh, yeah, uh, I will have to say I still got a little happy on. So um, right? That's a great holiday. Um, I will say uh, my son can kill me later for saying this, but um, he cried on the way home. And so um, at right as a teenager, I don't really get to see that very often, um, but he was really sad our holiday was over. And that's, so that's like a great big giant check mark in my book to know that um, our holiday was um, not only to the happiest place in the world, he had a great time and apparently it was the right length because you never want to overstay a holiday. Yeah, true, true. Many people do. <laughs> or try and jam everything in so it's like it's nonstop, yes. and then you get back and you're exhausted and you're like ugh. So. yeah yeah um so it kind of that actually kind of folds into um my intention for the week with um with all the things that were going on with uh you know i wrapping up my holidays having a big travel day or two in there and then coming back to work um, it was really, in, it really important to me to stay so very present mm -hmm. and not get ahead of myself or not get behind myself either. So no like regrets or like, ah, oh, so wish I was on holidays. I can't believe I'm going back to work. And you know, those feelings sometimes that you get when you're like, I gotta do what now? <laughs> um, and so, but that's all about, all about the past. And then trying to stay really present so and not get ahead of myself with like, oh, I got to check my 400 emails or I got to like, you know, I got to be on first thing Thursday morning. So what do I have to do to prepare and, you know, not getting too far ahead of myself, just being really, really present. It's been fantastic um, for me to kind of reintegrate myself back into uh, my work life uh, from from Disney World. Nice. Uh, and that was for the week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and it was, I kept coming back to that. We talked about this last week a little bit, right? And and it we I kept coming back to that um all the time when I felt that um those those that energy kind of bubble up to the surface. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like let's just be here, be in the moment, whatever that moment is, and enjoy it. And so yeah. How about you, Kim? Um, I, <laughs> I was not in the happiest place on earth. Um, no, it was, this was a rough week for me. Um, I set out, um, my intentions at the beginning of the week, um, to accomplish two things. One was I am doing, um, some new content development for my website and social media platforms. Um, just as I'm changing some languaging around the work that I'm doing, um, and I, and I wanted to have that completed this week. 
Um, it's not quite done yet, but I've definitely made some great headway. So I'm glad about that. Um, the other thing was that I had some project, uh, some client project work that I really wanted to have finished up and I'm about halfway done with that. So I didn't finish either of the projects that I wanted to set up to do this week. Um, and I admit I was, I was rocked back on my heels with, um, with the news that was coming out of Texas this week. Um, with a couple of things that were happening up here in Canada, uh, <laughs> this part of Canada, <laughs> um, it was it was a challenging emotional week for me, and um, and I know that the week was like that for so many people. And I was grateful on Wednesday. Um, I got to start the day um, with a wonderful um, group that a group of women, business women that I'm uh, a part of. And um, we were able to get together and share and just be together and kind of um, just hold each other emotionally uh, and, and energetically in the space. So that was really helpful and good. And, and I didn't have to show up in any special way. Um, and then honestly, I was grateful that a lot of uh, other people agreed. Um, either they reached out to me or I reached out to them and we just kind of canceled appointments or postponed appointments that we had later that day. Um, we all just needed the space and and to love on our loved ones and and be close um, because it was just it was tragic beyond yeah. tragic. Um, I did uh, so yeah so I didn't necessarily hit my goals for the week um, and I'm really proud of myself for making the space that I needed to process a lot, excuse me, I'm in Canada, process the things that I needed to um, to go through this week. So, and then be able to hold space for clients as the week went on. In that yeah, way. absolutely right. And I think sometimes, you know, our intentions are really just our best guess mm -hmm. at where we wanna be um, a week from now. And being able to flex and adjust uh, is so very important is you don't get hung up on, you know, we get new information and, and new data and what's going on in the world. And we want to be able to create that space and, and be fully present um, and not just, you know, heads down, pushing forward and or pushing down um, yeah. those things. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, flexibility, adaptability, resilience, all of those things are so important. And so I just want to make sure too, that, um, we don't get hung up on not meeting goals. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just, it's not the destination, right? It's the journey. Oh, it's absolutely. And, and, you know, you started that by saying that sometimes intentions are our best guess. And I think they really are always our best guess, right? Um, what I'd love to do before we get into the meat of today's conversation is actually invite um, any listeners who are out there to let us know, did you set intentions for the week? And um, if you did, did you meet any of them? Um, you know, you can share with us what they are, or you could just let us know kind of how, how the week went for you, because um, we'd love to hear from you as well. Because it's true. It's, it's our best guess. We never know. We never know if we're going to hit them, but they give us that destination that we want to aim for, right? Um, and sometimes we get there and sometimes we don't, but it's how we process that through that that I think is so important. And I think that actually leads itself, uh, lends itself very well into our conversation from today. Um, I know there was a question we were talking about before we got on. Did you want to start with that one? Well, yeah, I'm really interested because, you know, our topic today is kind of 
piggyback a little bit off of what we started last week, really around, you know, how does work fit into our lives um, and not how, right, how does our lives become work? Because I think that we can fall into that trap where so much of what we do revolves around that work component. Mm -hmm. And I was really curious because I know that, um, you know, the last two plus years now um, and, and working from home, a lot of folks were in that transition stage about going back to the office or staying at home. And some of us have those decisions to make. Some of those decisions are made for us. But I was really curious, Kim, if like when you think about the whole, the whole dynamic and how work fits into your life, was it or has it been easier or harder for you working from home through the pandemic and through your career change? Um, it's an interesting question because it leads me to this idea of what, what I directly talk about a lot, which is work-life balance, right? Um, because I think that working from home has afforded me and definitely the other individuals I talk with more perceived balance, right? Um, it, it allows us an ability to feel like we have more of our life in our day to day, um, instead of getting in the car, going to our place of work, focusing on work there and then coming back. So it's no longer siloed. Um, that has some benefits and that has some challenges as we've all, most of us have felt is it can be really, really challenging to have everything smooshed together. Um, so for me, I actually thrived in it. Um, I found that I am, I'm definitely a work-life blend person. Um, I, it is all life to me. Work is something that I do. It is something that, um, I create in the world. I create service in the world, um, regardless of whether I was working for somebody else or working for myself. Um, so having the flexibility, the adaptability, um, to structure my day the way that works for me so that the things that are important in my life, like spending time with my family or walking my dog or sleeping late occasionally, those things become more flexible for me to be able to live the way that I want to live. Um, so working from home has has been a benefit for me and I definitely have thrived in that. How about, how about for yourself? Um... Yeah, I love to, you know, when you talk about live the way you want to live um, and work the way you want to work, right? Those are like, those go together and, yeah. and it, it's so important and and often we can just get, yeah, we get trapped a little bit, I think, in in all of, all of that. So for me, sometimes I feel like um, the... Well, I'm, I think we're going to talk about, it, it's really those boundaries. It's really about me setting time aside to be very intentional mm -hmm. about what it is that I'm working on. And so I have changed my, my whole mindset around the word work because there are things that I do for money and there are things that I do for pleasure that bring me money. <laughs> there are things that I do for pleasure that don't bring me money. Like this whole idea of work, like to me is just so much more expansive. I just feel like there are things that I, um, that I just enjoy doing in different areas of my life. 
some of it is reading, um, some right learning, getting to know um, all kinds of things about work as an industry and, and how to help. Some of it's coaching and helping folks figure all of that stuff out. Some, uh, some of the things that I love spending my time on are also right creative endeavors and, and things like that. And so it doesn't really necessarily feel to me that um, I need to close my door um, and then and head down and work. It just it feels a lot more fluid to me than when I was having to commute into the office and work from 830 to 430 and kind of like fill my day sometimes with kind of, to be honest, nonsense. Oh, butts and seats. That right? the whole idea of butts and seats just, I mean, oh, yeah. I'm nuts. It drives me nuts. So I feel I feel way more productive kind of in this fluid state um, where I can focus on the things that I want to focus on. But I need that intention setting sometimes too to say I can't just like, you know, I got tons of laundry to do from from my trip and it's all sitting there just outside my office door. And I it could draw me away, but I want to be very intentional about where I'm spending my time and um, but also keep it really fluid. So I think for me, it's that when I think about work-life balance, it's not, it's not a teeter-totter, folks. It's not yeah. like, I'm going to put my favorite quote here, or my what I say all the time. It's not even a quote. It's a quote <laughs> of me. Balance is bullshit, folks. Balance is bullshit. Stop aiming for it. Yeah, um, because it do, it's not that. It's like, I think it's more of like a, a merry-go-round or maybe the Mad Hatter's teacup party that oh, <laughs> or one that makes you want to puke. Absolutely. Right. Sometimes you do want to puke um, and, or laugh your face off. Um, but it's all of those things. I don't think it's I don't think it's a teeter-totter at all. No, I mean, you've heard me say this a million times that the whole idea of work-life balance drives me bonkers because if we think about balance, even just in our bodies, right? If we think about going and trying to get into yoga, uh, into tree pose and yoga or any sort of balancing pose, we are putting intentionally putting parts of our body, putting muscles under tension. We are creating friction and tension and, and clenching even though we're not supposed to be clenching, we're creating that in our bodies to keep ourselves straight and balanced. Why the hell would we want to do that in our lives? Why would we intentionally want to create tension in our lives and then have to stay really still so we don't fall over? Because that doesn't even invite change or growth or right. Like that just feels stagnant and, and horrible. It So yeah, I, I promise I stay on that soapbox for too long. Um, I would love, uh, you started talking about the word work, right? You talked about what work means. And I would love if anybody wants to jump in on this, like, what does the word work actually mean to you? I think this is important in this conversation, because as we talk about work, right, and how to fit work into our lives, instead of fitting our lives in the nooks and crannies around work, it work, if you look at the definition, is slogging, right? It's, it's cool. these horrible words. I know. Who wants to slog? I don't want to slog at anything. No. And work does not, when we talk about work, 
people usually talk about doing things outside of the home for pay, right? I think that could be a general consensus of what people mean when they're talking about work, which totally devalues everything else we do as human beings. Again, bullshit in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't like the the word work. Um, I don't like the word job either because uh, it feels very um, confining to me, um, right? And yeah, it just doesn't sit well. So I don't know what what you call you do something for money, but is that always that's not always true? Like I don't know. Um, Maybe we'll come up with our own definition. Well, I've see. started using the word service more. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, I'm create, you know, I'm 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 in service right now. I'm in service of my clients. I'm in service of my family. I'm in service of myself. I'm in service of the laundry. Uh, I'm rarely <laughs> in service of the laundry. My husband does laundry. Thank you. Um, so um, but having the, that opportunity to be in service to me feels better because I would much rather do that than feel like I'm slogging, to feel like yeah. I'm working, to feel like I, I don't want it to be burdensome. Yeah. It doesn't mean I have to like everything that I'm doing, but I don't want to get dragged down. Right. It can't, yeah. It can't be that there are all things in all places in nooks and crannies in our life that we don't necessarily enjoy doing. Like when I talk about bringing, you know, joy to, to, to your job and, and, and really being engaged in the work that you do. Um, it doesn't mean like you're like, it, it's not Disney world 24 seven that no, um, I could do that. <laughs> you just came back, but seriously, who wants to do it 24 seven? I know you plan breaks in there absolutely right there were a lot of breaks in there and and um and to be honest i did not enjoy every part of my holiday right i did not enjoy the 40 above weather when i was wearing the wrong clothes and my shoes hurt and right like I, there were still 100 degrees for people who, who do yeah, fahrenheit right. um but right like so there were like moments in my in my holiday that i didn't necessarily enjoy but i got through them so that i could continue to enjoy um right the majority of my holiday work, work the thing we do um in service of anyone else or ourselves even they're not always enjoyable not everyone enjoys right um when you start running you don't always enjoy that first little bit right and it's once you get into that that pattern and that groove and then it can start to become i'm not a runner but i'm assuming that people start to enjoy it um maybe maybe i don't know but um yeah that happens for me when i'm creating too sometimes i'm when i'm when i'm painting or when i'm doing something uh creative there is a part that just feels like a lot of effort it's a bit of a hill to climb but then i know from that hill i have a different perspective um, I know that there are other benefits that come with each hill. And so, yeah, it's, it's all figuring it out for sure, but it's not all do you know that going into it though. Like, do you, do you go, this sucks, but I know when I get to the top of the hill, there's a possibility that it's not, that it's going to be totally worth it. Well, like, do you always know that not always, because I think we can get into that sloggy bit 
right? And it can really start to feel like that. But it's that pause to say, like, am I am I slogging? Am I working hard towards something that's going to feel good? Or is it just like, you know, spinning in the muck or being on a hamster wheel? And I'm just not going anywhere. That's a different kind of, of work or effort involved. Yeah. Well, that's where the efforting comes in. Right. And I think we're going to start. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. And let me get a little preview about what next week is about. Um, but when you get into that wheel spinning, efforting, like that place, that's where I feel like it is work. Right. Then then it is work. So if you are doing something that you generally enjoy, that you generally have some pleasure from, or at least satisfaction, and it's interesting, I had this conversation earlier this week about the word satisfaction. A lot of people don't like the word. It's like, well, that's satisfying. And it's like, what's wrong with being satisfied? Being satisfied is good, right? Doesn't mean you can't have something better next time. But when, when we have that place of fulfillment and satisfaction, pleasure, joy, we get some confidence from it. How do we take those things that we're enjoying doing that we are getting paid to do, right? What people are traditionally talking about when they're talking about work. How do we get to do those things? Because I really think it's a get to. How do we get to do those things and get to do the other things? You mentioned painting. I know for me, it's painting, it's jewelry, it's creating, right? There's creating. There's also, honestly, playing games. I love playing games, travel. Like, how do you get to do all of those things? What What's something that is helpful for that? Well, that's a great question. And I uh, would love for folks to kind of chime in and see uh, as well in the chat. If you have an opportunity to do that, please do so um, if you're live here um, or in Instagram. Or if you're Memorex, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it is a get to, um, it is, it is a, it's a big mindset shift, um, for, for myself, for a lot of people out there, for a lot of folks, um, I talk to, um, it really often feels like a have to, or, you know, my favorite, right? Like a should, um, and we don't want to should on ourselves. Don't should on yourself. Um, so Yeah. But yeah, it's all, it's all part of it. I don't know if I have one answer um, to your question necessarily, but I think it is, right? It it is about, again, intentional and pausing and taking that, taking a break and taking a different perspective um, is so, so important. Yeah. Uh, the intentions and the perspective, I, I think are huge, right? That that's part of the mindset stuff. And for me, when I think about the, you know, when I want to get to, right, and I'm not trying to balance here, it's, it's, it's really, it's juggling instead of balancing, it's, it's getting to do all of the things and allowing myself to do all of the things. To me, it comes from that place of, um, of agency and autonomy in myself, mm. understanding that I'm an individual, and that I get to make the choices in my life. They may not always be choices I want to make. I may have to make a choice between two things that I'm not necessarily thrilled about making a choice over, but I get to make that choice. Right. And from that place, then I get to allow and welcome in the different aspects of me, some that I 
will do in service of others for pay, i.e. work, some that are done purely for pleasure, some that are done for other reasons of responsibility that don't come with pay and that are not considered work in the sense that we normally talk about and yet are. Like managing a house is work, folks. Like, right? Being a parent is work. It's not that it always sucks. It's, I mean, for me, it's actually genuinely enjoyable. It sucks though. But sometimes it sucks. Absolutely. So I think in in thinking about what you shared with the mindset shift and this idea of kind of being our own person and being in choice, I know I talk a lot with my clients about the idea of boundaries. Like, how do you use that knowledge that you are an independent individual person? this is your choice. This is what you want. How do you create those boundaries around that? Do you have any thoughts on boundaries? Yeah. Oh, I have lots of thoughts on boundaries. I often think of boundaries. We're so interesting, right? Like I think boundaries, I think of them like our rule book, right? And it's really about how we want to interact with our environment, which includes other folks. And we do have these these things that we think are okay and these things that are not okay. And and kind of when we can tune into that rule book um, and then finding a way um, to share to share that with others, right? And that can be a really crunchy, sticky place for a lot of folks to say like, but I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I, you know, I'll just, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. Um, right. Uh, but you know that somebody's crossing, uh, uh, coming up against a boundary or crossing a boundary even because you feel like you feel those things. You feel um, resentful. You start to feel burnt out. You start to feel less like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um when you aren't truly living um, in your values or, or communicating your boundaries. How about you, Kim? What is boundaries? What's that word um, mean to you? We love our words, don't we, Louise? <laughs> um, yeah, boundaries to me are um, sacred gifts to ourselves. They really are. They're sacred gifts to ourselves. They are not only sacred gifts to ourselves as, as our individual self, but they're sacred gifts to the people that we care about and to the those that we are in service for and with through our jobs uh, and work. Two words we don't like, but don't have better replacements for at this time. Um, when we are in alignment with our values, when we know what's most important to us, when we can say, For instance, I was talking to somebody earlier today and she puts on her work calendar focused thought time. She actually sets it aside. And when people are from the outside are attempting to get on her calendar, they see that that's blocked off. Internally, though, people can drop things into her calendar and they often do because they see this focused thought time as well, that's not actually, she, that's, she doesn't need that. That's okay. It's, I can put this on there. And so one of the things that we were talking about today is how do you actually create boundaries around that time? How, and she said, well, I, right. How do you actually go in and say, well, I'm not going to accept that meeting. I'm like you exactly that way you say, I'm not <laughs> that and yet we get into that people pleasing and we get into the 
that fear of if I don't do this, what's going to happen? What are the going to be the consequences if I don't live up to this, that somebody else is expecting, even though they have crossed our boundary. And I think it's particularly challenging for women. I I don't hundred percent know that because I've not lived somebody else's experience, but in speaking with women in the workplace, it tends to be women that are struggling with maintain keeping and maintaining boundaries yeah Yeah, i think there are a lot of folks out there that you know our rule book comes from our experience and so we bring forward a lot of those things that we uh, we've seen in our past and um or believe to be true and it's really a belief it's it's sometimes a bit of a story like with your example right like how could i or somebody's gonna feel like or right those are all stories and until you do something and have actual data and information from your very own life in this present moment you really don't know for sure if those things are true and so being able to thoughtfully communicate those things. And I think that's where sometimes uh, we get stuck a little bit is like, I don't want to feel like I'm being a challenge or I'm being um, a problem or I don't want to make this an issue. So I'll just, we'll just go with the flow, right? Like I'm easy, which is great, except you know that it's not true because you can feel it. Like there's that stuff bubbles to the top. So, um, and there's this really, um, I think there's this idea too around um, being seen as aggressive versus being being assertive, right? I don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to come across as a hard ass or whatever that looks like. And rules aren't aren't meant to do that, right? Boundaries and, and and the way to interact that's not really what they're meant to do. But we again get that story. Um, in our in our minds. There's this great book. I'm just going to pop this up here. There's a great book. Um, it's really meant for all people. So it's um, the assertiveness guide for people, humans. Yeah, for humans. Yeah. Humans is really what it should say. Um, but it's really around communicating your needs, setting healthy boundaries and transforming your relationships. And I love this because it's our relationships with work and the people at work that we really, um, that you and I talk about in our daily coaching with our, um, with all of our clients. So, yeah. So check out that book. Um, it's a fantastic read. Well, and you were sharing with me, um, that she identifies the three different types. Yeah. Like, so, um, and I'm, I'm probably won't do this justice by talking about it, but it's, I love her language and what she calls, um, there are doormats. So we, I think we all can visualize what a doormat is, right? Getting stepped on and over. Getting stepped on all the time and getting walked over. Um, maybe you feel like you're, um, being overlooked for a promotion at work or right. Like that, or that relationship, um, that personal relationship isn't uh, feeling great because you've been walked all over so there's if a door ever felt that way just drop a yes <laughs> so um and then there's the the sword and so some folks right like that's really like that's kind of this temporary relief that's like you're kind of like putting it out there and you're you're jabbing so you're like whoa like no don't do that today um but then you don't maintain that boundary and oh. so right and so you kind of you're not you're not 
yeah, you, you're not maintaining that. Okay, um, so it's like that quick slash of, oh, here's the boundary. No, yeah. I didn't really mean it. Oh, here's the boundary. Oh, no, I didn't yeah. really mean it. Yeah, and then oh, so man. then just imagine like getting stabbed and sliced over and over again. Yeah. Um, it's not helpful for you. Um, or other people. Or other people, really. It's more harmful than good, um, just like a sword slash would be. Um, and then she has this idea of being a lantern. And it's about this idea of like this multifaceted lantern, if you imagine that, uh, right? A candle in the middle and the glass that shines through and that you're sharing, you're, you're shedding light on, on something that's bigger than you. And so their boundaries, right, can keep the, the flame inside from blowing out. Um, but then also sheds light onto a bigger picture. And so these are the words that she uses around kind of these, these boundaries or communication styles that we can often fall into accidentally, especially the doormat and the sword, when really we want to kind of lean towards how, how boundaries are really a lantern that shed light on who we are and how we would prefer to interact with the world. And it really does, like you say, it, it's just, it's really a gift. Mm -hmm. um, we can communicate that um, appropriately um, in a way that feels good. Yeah, I think there's that idea of treating boundaries as a gift to yourself and the other people. Think about somebody setting a boundary for you. Right. And I mean, a, a loving, gentle boundary. I don't mean a don't ever talk to me again boundary because that hurts, obviously. Right. But if you're in the workspace and you're in and you want to have um, thought time carved out once a week um, and you put that on your calendar, it's for your benefit, but it's also for the benefit of the organization. It's for the benefit of those that you work with. So like, let me have this time so I can show up as the best team member that I can be, right? And as a, as a team member, I would be like, hell yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I, we forget in so many ways, we forget that we're dealing with other humans all the time. And we forget that they, just like we, have our own individual autonomous life, so do they. And so if we put a boundary out there and we let them know that this is what this is what works for me, this is what doesn't work for me, they get to respond to that instead of kind of guessing and putting out there what works for them may not work for you. And then it turns into this unintentional, I'm going to say unintentional, although I know it's not always unintentional, this unintentional passive aggressive bullshit that goes back and forth yeah. of trying to figure everything out and ple out please each other and outdo each other. And it's like, just stop, just stop. So I know we moved a bit away from this idea of fitting work into our life and life into our work and talked about some other things. But I think it comes down to, as, as you started, Louise, this idea of being, being intentional and having that mindset shift of where do boundaries come from and having an understanding of what work is, what life is, what the rest of it is that we're doing, and, and how do we set priorities. And I know we'll dive more into this in, in future episodes as well. Um, but I'd love to know, Louise, since I am home, I can do it. What was your golden nugget for today? <laughs> I love the golden nugget. I think it's it's really, for me, it's a reminder that um, that how we how we choose to interact with other people in our lives really is a gift. Um, and, and that intentionality, that, that gift 
um, it does flow both ways, right? Um, when you give a gift to someone, it's it's the joy of seeing that right on their face and that that pure enjoyment that they get from receiving that. And we ha- carry those stories that maybe boundaries, well, feedback is another thing, um, mm-hmm. but it's into that too. But it's not often seen as a gift. It seems like a, a wall and it's not. Um, and so I love that I, that whole idea that it's a gift. So, um, that's my, um, that's my nugget uh, to that. How about yours? So my day is actually that idea of the doormat, the sword and the lantern. So, um, I like the language around it. Um, it's very visual, which I, I love, but it's, um, it, it, it gives me something to hold onto a little bit more that I could see, um, utilizing, um, with clients and then in my everyday of just kind of doing that check-in and saying, how how do I feel right now? Does this feel, does it feel like I'm being a doormat? Does it feel like I'm swiping in? Because I have to admit that swipe thing, I have done that more times than I would like to admit. Um, or am I being a lantern? Am I, am I letting people clearly, I like the lantern because it's like clearly showing where it is and shining out because that goes back to that idea of a gift. Yeah. So, um, and all, as always, we want to invite you to drop your golden nuggets into the comments as well, if you're listening live or if you're following up on the replay. Louise, what are we going to talk about next week? Um, I forgot. What did we say? Um, oh, yeah. Oh. I remember because I did read the banner that went across the bottom. Nice. Um, how do you know it's time? How do you know it's time to leave? Well, is it just leave your job or could it be something else? How do you know it's time to make a change? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, I can't wait to dive into this um, because uh, you and I have both experienced this in all kinds of ways. All kinds of ways. <laughs> so what does it look like? Um, I can't wait. So uh, June the 3rd. Next oh, my gosh. Next week is June. June. Um, we will mark the turning of the calendar and, uh, getting into, um, this last part of the first part of the year, um, 4 PM central as always. I'm trying to wrap my head around what you just said. The last part of the first, the first last, what? The last part of the first part of the year. The last part of the first part of the, okay. End of Q2. (laughs) End of Q2. So thank you everybody for joining us live and catching the replay. Um, Please um, subscribe, like, do all the things just so you know, jumping into comments and doing all those things and sharing it with your friends and family helps more people find us, which we are hoping they do Um, not for our egos or anything like that, just because we would love to share what we're talking about with more people so we can help support them on finding their own kick-ass career because that's why we're here. All right. Bye, Louise. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye for now. Bye for now.